Great Expectations for Global Perspectives. In this episode, we will be talking about Juan, a Venezuelan national who first moved to the US to study and ended up founding his business in Austria in Vienna. I hope you enjoy listening. All right. Um, well, hello, Juan. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Really nice to be here and share the story. Hopefully, we'll inspire some people out there and give some clarity on how to move ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have so much experience and I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. But let's start in the beginning. Um, just quickly introduce yourself, where are you from and um, a little bit about your background story, please. Yeah, so I am originally from Venezuela and uh, I grew up born and raised over there all the way until I finished high school. From there, I moved to the U.S. with my family. And uh, in the U.S., I, I did my bachelor studies in business. But now I actually live in Vienna. And so I surprisingly, I just felt that uh, the U.S. was uh, not the place for me. There was this thing inside of me as I was doing my studies that said I need to go to Europe. One, you must go there. That's where the future is. That's where you're going to find yourself. And uh, yeah, I decided to move to, to Europe. And um, 10 years, 11 years later, I am settled in Austria. I have a wife. I have two kids. And I've been self-employed pretty much since I arrived, I would say. Um, I had little gigs here and there. But since 2016, I've been self-employed running my own business. And I work with entrepreneurs mainly expats who are in a similar position. They're self-employed and they have been working to grow a business, but they're stuck and they would like to transition out of the delivery and scale their business. So that's what I focus on. Mm -hmm. And just going back from your origins, you said you're originally from Venezuela and your first move was actually to the US. Was this more or less like your decision? Was this your parents' decisions or how did you decide on this? So back in 1998, my father, as uh, Chavez won the elections, he started looking to move abroad. Um, in 99, I remember him evenings after work searching for jobs in the U.S. And finally, in 2001, he managed to get a job in, in Georgia, so south of Atlanta, about an hour and a half, because it turns out that my mom went to university in Atlanta. And so her best friend from school had a contact who had a contact. So it's always about who you know, where you know, and all the networks. And so um, he managed to get a job there. And we all slowly moved all the way to to U.S. So I, I stayed my last year of high school in Venezuela, living with my grandparents, while my whole family was in the U.S. And then that's because they allowed me to graduate with my childhood friends. And then I, I joined them after graduation. That's yeah, cool. so it was not my decision. And it was just, mm -hmm. actually, I didn't want to go, but mm -hmm. pretty much had no choice. <laughs> yeah, if it's family decisions, it's a bit hard. You can't weigh in as much when you're a teenager. But yeah. um, considering your second move was very much your own decision and you said you you wanted to find yourself and settle on Europe, how did you decide on Austria? Why did you want to come to Austria? I mean, there's a lot of countries in Europe, but just picking one is like an interesting choice. Yes, and uh, especially Austria, that is not the biggest or most, you know, first destination for somebody to move to. Um, but I chose Vienna. I, I chose to move there and I planned and did everything I could to move there. And so as I was doing my studies in the U.S., I struggled a lot with culture shock. And it was really hard for me to, to feel connected. And, hey, I, I lived there for six years and, and I worked there. I, I think in English. My life is in English. Like It wasn't a language barrier. It wasn't. It's just that I, I didn't connect with the lifestyle. And I met with uh, a lot of Europeans and I liked the mindset and I liked the stories that they would tell me from home. And suddenly this thing inside of me just said, Juan, you got to go there. Um, you got to see what it's all about. I moved to the U.S. because my parents decided to move there. And suddenly this felt like it was the thing 
I was going to, like, I chose to do this. It was a bit of proving myself that I could start by myself in a different country, in a place that I wanted to be there. So I moved with them to U.S. This was my choice to, to move abroad. Why Austria? Well, actually, um, I wanted to go to a place where I didn't speak the language. I wanted to go to a place where I felt that I always wanted to have my own business, but I felt that if I could go to a place where I could gain a third language and get a master's out of it, that would be a win, 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 win. Um, mm -hmm. At the time I was studying business in the US, I had come from Venezuela and I just was really in love with meeting people from other cultures and other languages. And so my vision was to be in international business and that meant going to Europe, having a master's and then going to Shanghai. And so <laughs> like it was, it was a big, big ambition. Um, and the reason why I chose Vienna was I, I started with French and I realized that the German economy, the German market, I mean, think about it. Like this is mid two thousands. I've never been to Europe. None of my family like has mm -hmm. lived in Europe and so on. Um, but the German economy seemed to me like, okay, there's more opportunities for business and and it seemed like there are bigger options here. I look into the education system and it's more affordable compared to France. And so I was like, okay, it makes more sense to go into the German speaking world. I started looking into Germany because obviously that's what people know uh, and what you hear in the news. But the girlfriend that I had at the time, she was working for an Austrian Denise company in, in Atlanta. And she said, hey, uh, she's from Poland. And she said, hey, why don't you look into Vienna? It's a beautiful place, centrally located. Uh, they sort of speak German there. <laughs> <laughs> a different um, kind of German, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, look, I look into Vienna and I fell in love with it. And so for me, there were a couple of things that I was looking for. Originally, I wanted to be near the beach. Coming from Caracas, where you can go to the beach every day of the year, for me, that was important after living in Atlanta, where you need to drive at least five hours to, to see the mm -hmm. sea. It was really a struggle, and I really wanted that. Plus, I felt that cities by the sea tend to be more open and more welcoming. And I look around... Also, another thing for me was it needs to have at least a million people because after living in Macon, Georgia, um, <laughs> it felt really, really okay. small. Like Caracas is 5 million people. Atlanta was like, yeah, metro area. Like if you put everything together, it's about 3 million, but it just feels like a small, big town. And so for me, I wanted to have that, that city feeling and to be by the beach. So that already created a lot of constraints that you can definitely not find in the German-speaking world. <laughs> yes, uh, a um, bit harder, especially the beach requirement, yeah. Yeah, and so the thing, so I put Barcelona as a backup. Um, that was my, my safety net out of, if I couldn't find anything else, I would go to Spain, but I didn't want to be part of the largest minority again. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I wanted to go to a different place and I look into Vienna. I love the city. I look into the universities. I mean, it was really affordable. I think it was just like 340 euros a semester back in the day. Um, later, they doubled that to 750 once I was here. And I don't know what is now, but it, that was really affordable. I mean, I was paying for this by myself um, with the savings I had built up from the US. And so that, that was enough to get me going a little bit. And then I needed to find a way to sustain myself locally. And so I look into Vienna, German, which is what I was looking for, the university system. Um, I wasn't going to be part of the largest minority. Um, I, I was going to be close to the mountains. I was really into snowboarding at the time. It was centrally located in Europe, really easy to move around. Um, so you could forego the beach requirement for all the positives. Yes. Okay. So... Uh, for me, it just it, it became a no-brainer. Um, and so as I moved out of the U.S., I decided I was not going to renew my visa. I had what is called optical practical training, which is what you get after you graduate. It's the equivalent of the road by road card from, from, from Austria. And I had, I had that from the U.S. and I decided, okay, I'm not going to renew it. That's it. I got one year, build up my savings, and I'm going to go out of here. And so... Yeah, I, I chose Vienna. I, I, as I moved out of the U.S., I unfortunately didn't manage to move directly because there were a couple of loopholes as I made the transition that I didn't manage to fulfill. Um, like not loopholes, but like uh, challenges in terms of getting the new visa and getting settled in in the transition. But I decided to come to, to Austria as I was moving back to Venezuela after six years. And 
for me, that was a validation. Yep, this is a place. This is where I'm, I'm going to be. Like it, it just completed my vision. It became really clear. And as I went back to Venezuela for a year and a half, I just had one goal, and that was to move to uh, to Vienna. It's funny because when I moved to Macon, I had one goal, and that was to get out of that small town and move to Atlanta, <laughs> and I made it. And so. <laughs> The goals go up and uh, up and up. I, I had the same goal as I went back to Venezuela for a year and a half. And uh, I put all my effort into into moving it and making it and, and mm-hmm. moved to Vienna. I didn't even have culture shock. I mean, from the start, I more or less like knew what I needed to do and, and how to move along to, to make it happen. Um, part of the whole thing was going into a student visa because then it would allow me to meet people. It's, uh, first of all, it's easier visa to get. Um, and second, I saw that it gives you working opportunities, especially as a master's student at the time, you could have 20 hours of work, so part-time. And I was like, okay, that's that's already something. Um, and then if I'm a student, I can meet people. It's easier to meet people uh, and then get settled in and then sort of transition into working life. Because if you go directly into a job, like all you know is that team, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, so it can be really challenging and really lonely. And for me, I, I wanted to have my European student experience. And so that that was the key thing. Plus, I, I went into a dorm when I first arrived. So yeah. I couldn't I mean, be more student. Yeah, yeah, building a community is really hard every time you move. Um, how, how did Austria compare to your communities you had in Venezuela and um, America and then in Austria? Did you have any difficulties in general or was it like, oh, yeah, this is the best student experience and then transition right into work life? Or did that change um, as well, considering you were always an expat everywhere? Did you build more expat communities or did you integrate really into the local ones? So funny enough, it happened the same thing as in, as in the US. So in Venezuela, obviously, I'm Venezuelan. I'm with my my classmates and and it wasn't really international place but then when i moved to us the people i connected with were people that were not from us because there are people that are in a similar situation uh you're going through similar challenges and so it's really easy to to see each other eye to eye and what you're going through regardless of where they came from um and so then when i came to austria i i had some local contacts uh, actually, the uh, one key person that played a role. So, uh, in the company where my ex was working, she had a local contact, Verena. She's from Vienna. Uh, we lost touch along the way, but also her boyfriend from Vorarlberg. They were together, and they were really catalysts in making my transition because they were the people that allowed me to. When I opened the bank account, I used their address as as the residency place. Um, even though I didn't have a mailed settle or or anything, but that's the place I use. And so that was a key entry point. And then I was hanging out a little bit with them and I got to meet some people, but it was really as I started life in the dorm, plus I was in German course um, and in my dorm, it's actually a dorm from the government that is designed for, the concept is for international students actually, to have a place to stay. And so everybody that I met there, it was either exchange student or was had an international background. Um, and then in the German classes, then also like, so I was just surrounded by internationals again, who are not from Vienna, but then they're going through this journey. And so it's really easy to connect with them as we all go then to learn the, the local language. What I noticed was that after the semester ended, all the exchange students in my dorm left. <laughs> yeah, they frequently do. Yes. And I did not expect that. And I was the only one staying there. And I was like, okay, uh, I need to change this. I need to meet locals that are not going to be moving every semester. I can't be starting from scratch. It was really sad. It was really sad in the summer. And so um, I came across a student organization called Isaac. And there was a girl in my German class that she was part of it. And she kept inviting me to go to to, um to their meetings. And so one day I said, okay, I, I need to do something differently. I'm in a new place. I need to try something I haven't tried before. Um, I don't know. Let's let's meet these, these, these guys. And it became my family. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I got really involved in the organization. It became my family because mainly it was uh, people who are not from Vienna, international students, who are quite proactive and really active on trying to develop themselves, their leadership skills, their communication skills, um, their entrepreneurial skills. And so I really, I really connected there. Uh, and that became my family. To this day, um, I went through different stages in the, orga- in the organization. I had more or less key people that we went through the whole journey together and they're really close to to me to this day and so that that was my my group but they were not locals i mean they live locally but they were not locals and so it was really hard for me to really build a a connection with um the local community especially i don't know i i, I really don't know why maybe it's because i am in a english world uh, my relationship is in english my life is in english and so it's just really easy for me to deal stuff in english i search on google in english like i find stuff in english like i think that that's part of it i'm, I'm not watching austrian tv i'm not i, I don't know like these mm-hmm. local things mm-hmm. you know did it help you to actually start speaking german to connect more with people or when you then transitioned into looking for work after studying etc so normally the people that I will find in the places where I was going um, would be still internationals, even though if they were in German for some reason. Um, maybe it's because I'm looking into Tandem or I don't know, I'm looking into different organizations. Uh, there, there are situations where I come across Austrians um, and that I connect with, especially in the master studies. But they're not from Vienna. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think not as many people as one thinks are actually Viennese Viennese in Vienna. <laughs> so that's a bit but, but But I get it. Like when I went back to Venezuela after uh, after US before moving to Austria, I it was really hard. Like it turns out there were a lot of exchange students at the time. Um And there was no way for me to come in contact with them. I managed to overhear a conversation from a friend of mine that they said that there were some exchange students in their university that they had met. And I just went like crazy, like, really? We have some some exchange students here? Like, I want to meet them. Like, like, can you connect me? And I ended up in this, uh, like, exchange student party in Caracas. Uh, somehow, uh, there were people from Sweden. There were people from other places. But if I don't actively seek this and it was like that one time situation uh after that i think i just like it was too much work i moved and i just wanted to connect with my friends before i I move abroad again and so but it was it was not easy and so yeah because you have your circles and you have your life like i i understand like you need to you you don't know this world exists if this is uh where you're from yeah I mean, you grow up with them, you go to school with them, your family is from a place and you're already kind of settled in one. Um, mm. But coming back to the family aspect, that's something not a lot of people always think about, but moving always changes your family family dynamics in general, right? Like, yeah. you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but what did your parents say when you decided on Austria or... Did they, did they feel comfortable with it? Did they want to come with you? <laughs> did they, are they in the US now or are they in Venezuela? So my, my family's in the US. Um, I remember this one time where I asked my mom, what do they think about me going to Austria? Because I didn't, I didn't feel that they were against, but I also didn't feel supported. I, 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 I had no idea how they felt. It was just like this thing I'm doing and like they're just going with the flow like i don't know i remember asking her like what do you think like is there anything that you can tell me and she's like what do you want me to tell you like yeah i mean this is what you want to do this is what you want to do like uh, you need to go and figure it out um my parents at the time so in my dad had a working visa in the us and he tried to become a resident uh for some reason something happened with the lawyer or like uh, things didn't work out and they had to leave the us so they moved back to Venezuela. Uh, I didn't have to move with them because at the time I had already turned 21. And so I switched my visa and I was able to finish my studies. Um, and that's why I stayed in the US behind them. Um, and so as I moved back to Venezuela, 
in the meantime to come as I plan to come to Austria, I am with them. Uh, my sister was also back. I have a younger sister. Um, and she was, everybody was in Venezuela at the time. As I moved to Austria, I, uh, in the meantime, along the way in 2015, like 2013, my sister moved to US. Uh, she stayed there. Then my parents moved back to the US in 2015. And, and so they, many things happened in the meantime. But now when I, when I say I go home to see them, I don't go to Venezuela. I haven't been to Venezuela since 2012. Um, I, I see them in the U.S. I go to the U.S. and that's where, where I meet them. So they're back in Atlanta. Um, so they went back to the same city, same, same place. Uh, funny enough, my dad actually works in the same company as he was working in the 2000s now. Okay. And so, <laughs> so, but it's hard to maintain a relationship especially with the time difference. Um, it's really hard, especially because <clears throat> they haven't lived in Austria. They don't know my challenges there. Mm -hmm. They don't know the person I have become. They, they don't have an overview of that. And so it's, it's really hard to connect with them and see each other at why uh, I've experienced things and, and places that they cannot imagine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's always hard when a when a child moves abroad and then trying to see what they go through. I mean, your parents at least experienced something similar by moving from their home country to a different country. But again, when your child does something um, completely on their own, it's again um, very different and hard to empathize with. Um, empathize with when your child moves to Austria, for example, and starts their own business. And like, that's, that's growing a lot as well. But maybe, yeah, let's start there. How, how did you evolve? And what happened with your business? And how did you manage to, to do this in Austria all on your own, basically with your Barcelona safety net, maybe <laughs> in mind, but um, how did that journey come? And what hurdles did you face? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so funny, funny enough, there was one person that was against me moving to, to Austria. That was my granny. <laughs> okay. uh, she kept telling me, don't you think Austria is too far? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a lady who right now it's living in Houston, uh, and it constantly visits my cousins in San Francisco. So yeah. Life changes. Um, it does. It does. But, but in terms of, so when I moved to Austria, the idea was I always wanted to have my own business. I always been very entrepreneurial um, in Venezuela, in the US. I always tried some side hustle, something. And that was part of my idea when I was coming to Vienna to figure out, you know, what kind of business can I start here? What kind of side hustle can I have? You know, I see that I'm allowed to work about 20 hours uh, a month and let's see what I can do. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I had this idea to sell actually bags for girls. So it's sort of like a, like a store. Like handbags or? Yeah, bags. they're like handbags, but they're more like uh, like little envelopes. So they're they're square with a zipper, and then you can put stuff inside. And I had these friends in Venezuela that were producing them, and they were selling and they were growing. And actually, I was like, okay, maybe I can export these and and be the person here. And I started showing them to a couple of people, and then like actually, there was this girl that said, yeah, I I I want to buy them and I want to sell them. And so my goal was to be like a, a retailer of this. I went to the Vienna. Uh, Chamber of Commerce. I went to have a meeting with Austria Business Agency in front of the Opera. Like, I could tell that I was out of place because I could see that they're used to dealing with like multi-billion companies. And then here I am, this random student, like sitting there. <laughs> but they were so kind and they were so nice and very polite. And like, they guide me and like point me in the right direction. And like, I don't know. Um, they were super nice. And I, I knew that I struggled and procrastinated to make those meetings because it was not easy. Um, you know, dealing with government, especially a foreign government, you're not used to, you always have this 
in, in Venezuela, you have this impression of authority. You need to be afraid of authority and, and law, especially because governments tend to abuse the situation and put you in a precarious situation. So you tend to be like, if, if you get pulled over by the police, you're scared. You know, either like, okay, I need to check how they search my car just in case, you know, they randomly find stuff that shouldn't be there. So you always have this, this sense of, of fear uh, towards authority. Um, but I figured that after living in the U.S., I figure there's nothing to be afraid of here. Uh, you shouldn't do things in hiding. You shouldn't do things illegally. And the faster and the better you can figure out how things work, the more efficient and faster you can move on. That for me was always a thing, like just go and write and ask and, and go there and talk to people. Um, talk to people in person, they cannot avoid you, they have you in front of them, they need to deal with you. So figure out, you know, they'll, they'll tell you at least something. And so that was always my thing. And I, I raised your business, I, this, I spent $1,500 for my savings to buy these bags. Um, I brought them in suitcases. Uh, a friend of mine that was going, somebody that I knew from Vienna was going to Venezuela. My sister helped them pack in her suitcase. She brought them. And then I suddenly had like 40 bags uh, <laughs> in Vienna. And this girl canceled the order. Now I'm sitting there with all these bags and a booklet and a company. <laughs> and minus 1,500 in a place where I'm not making any money, I'm eating my savings. So it was really hard. Uh, I tried to place them in some, in some uh, stores, but that didn't work out. And, you know, it's, it's weird when you're some guy selling bags to women. <laughs> but it, all, like, it was just strange. And I didn't know about the internet. I didn't know about Shopify. I didn't know about Etsy. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't have guidance i was just there just trying to figure out i didn't know any other entrepreneur i didn't know what to search for i i had no clue mm -hmm. um i remember that the the financiant called me because they were asking about this company that i register and where's my tax declaration and i tried to ask them like do you speak english and they're like no uh they started talking to me in german i'm like okay so i don't know i gotta deal with this uh, and, and I remember okay. telling them, no, I didn't sell anything. Like I didn't do anything with this company and they couldn't understand it. Like, this is so weird. Like, how didn't you do this? And like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm planning to close it. I didn't do anything with it. Like I, I just registered this on the side. Like, I don't even remember if I registered like a get in kind of thing or, you know, find out like this different terminologies for the different sizes mm -hmm. that are here. But in the end, I, I didn't file taxes. They called me. I went to close it. I closed it two years later because I wasn't doing anything with it. And uh, it was just really, it was my experience. It was this whole thing of like, you know, if you Google how to start a business, the first thing they tell you, register a company. Um, and I did that, but I, at least I tried to make that sell and I just didn't have any backup. I didn't have any plans of sales and so on. And that's, that's when I, for me, it was my first taste of first figure out sales. You know, have an idea of what you're going to sell, but don't invest too much time on it. Just figure out who you're going to sell it to, where are they, and how to sell it. Figure out a way to sell it. And then the, then when you already sold, deliver on that. But don't figure that part out. And so from there on, uh, it was the same thing again. And I I managed to get a 10-hour a, a week job that mm -hmm. just paid like 400 euros. And... Um, with that, I worked wonders. <laughs> Who knows how much you can extend that budget. <laughs> okay, what kind of job was it or uh, how did it help you? So it was a company that was trying to develop software for laboratory products. And it was part of supporting the sales process. So this is in 2014 and two years into my Vienna journey. Um, 20, 2015, maybe it's like three years in, four years in. And they, I managed to get a work permit to, to work with them. They, they said that they were expanding into Spanish-speaking world, so they needed somebody that spoke Spanish. And that's Perfect. how I Google to, to work with them. And they lasted three months. Their main programmer quit, and so they had to close down. Oh no. Okay. 
Um, but it was a great experience. Actually, the the contacts I I met there, I'm still in touch with them, uh, and they 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 really. I don't know. I think they have seen my journey along the way as well, and somehow rooted for me. Um, and every now and then, we we touch bases and and catch up. But from there, I move on to work with startup life. So along the way, I developed public speaking skills, and I started getting involved into the startup scene. As I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I get to see what's happening there. And the biggest catalyst was Startup Life, which is a three-day weekend accelerator program. It was started back in 2009 or 2011, something like this. And I was moderating their events. And I was working there with Tanya Ashtambawa and, and Gil Kugna. And yeah, we were running that. And eventually I felt that I wanted to do my own thing. I, I saw how much public speaking had changed my life and the opportunities that it had opened for me. And how thanks to being on the stage, I managed to grow a network. It really accelerated the process of building a network. Um, so I wanted to help people develop their public speaking skills because if you don't have them, you tend to avoid public speaking as much as you can and run as far away as possible. But I realized that all you got to be is a little bit better than other people and just be willing to do it. And if you do, you're going to stand out. And so that's what I just wanted to push a little bit uh, people to, do, to achieve. And I decided that I was going to go on my own. I, but this time... I, I got a client that needed a moderation for an event and I sold them onto it and I was going to moderate this event. I delivered the event and then I was like, okay, I, uh, I got to charge them for this. I got to invoice them, get <laughs> a way to invoice them. So mm -hmm. that's like, now it's when I'm going to register this business. And the, the biggest thing was that along the way, I saw in the, in the rules, in the law, that you are regulated. So the, the market is regulated into people that get access to it in terms of a, a working permit. But Austria doesn't stop you if you want to have your own business. Like you can be a student and you can have, you know, you can operate on your own. You're responsible for your own taxes and so on. Plus obviously fulfilling your student, you know, credits and stuff like that. As long as you fulfill your student credits and then you're fulfilling your obligations as a, as a, as a solopreneur, as a self-employed, you're completely okay. They don't care how much you earn. They don't care how much you work as long as those things are fulfilled. So I saw that there was a path there that was aligned actually with what I wanted to do. You know, if you were doing a bachelor, you could only work 10 hours. If you were doing a master's, you could only work 20 hours. But then... In order to be able to get that permit, first of all, the majority of the jobs, you need to be fluent in English or uh, in German or the one native speakers. So that already eliminates a lot of the possibilities. Then uh, only 7% of the market in Austria can be non-EU. So that already eliminates a lot of that market because that's also taken by a lot of the multinationals and the UN and all these different organizations. Then... Uh, the majority of the proper jobs, they want somebody full-time. They don't want somebody 20 hours a week. And so that also creates another filter. And then if you manage to find somebody who's willing to hire you, even though all those constraints, they need to prove to the state that they cannot find anybody within the 500 million European people pool, and they need to hire somebody from outside. And then they need to be willing to wait the six weeks at least it takes to get approved to be able to start that working and they need to pay for it <laughs> yeah so uh yeah suddenly having my own business became really appealing because i didn't have any of the constraints i didn't need to wait all i need to go is go out there and start selling and actually i had already a client that had bought my services so um i just went on and registered my business and from there um i haven't been registered except for once and it was a teaching university uh, module university. I was teaching entrepreneurship for three semesters. Um, and then with them, they did register me. Besides that, that's, uh, that's it. I've been on my own ever since. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting because I, I don't think I've heard of people who found their own business because it's just easier visa wise. Um, 
um, <coughs> and then go out on their own and just do it. That's extremely brave and also really, really cool that you did that. And it's it sounds like it solved all your problems and you wanted to become an entrepreneur all along. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Sure. Yeah. The journey from there hasn't been easy um, to sustain that. Obviously, there are many times I've doubted if I did the right choice. I mean, I was working in a bank in the U.S. I doubted if I made the right choice many times. But also more times I've been proven that it was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Especially, I went back to the U.S. after seven years to visit my family once they were living there in 2015. And I saw my friends that were still working in the same company as we graduated, some of them. I knew that that was going to be the life, and that's not what I wanted. I, I, I wanted to go somewhere else. And I went back and I saw them, and I, 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 I yeah, maybe they had bought a house, maybe they, they had two cars, and maybe they had a boat. Like, so what? Like, the experiences that I, I, I managed to go through, I mean, I've been to places like Iran, I've been to Georgia, Israel, Norway, like, and I didn't pay for any of these trips. Like it was all with projects, working with local people. And I, for me, there's nothing more fulfilling than talking with somebody from a completely different place and seeing that we see the world in a, in a similar way and we want the same thing in life, but we just have so different approaches to it. And then I can have the, the option to take whatever works for me and discard what it doesn't. It's just so enriching and, and so fulfilling. Um, I know for me, that's so intellectually stimulating to see how it just opens my mind to new possibilities on, on how I can live my day and how can I different philosophies on, you know, in the end, I, I've met people from all over the world. In the end, we all want to be happy. That's it. We all want the same thing in life, whether, whether it is have a nice job, a, a family, health, whatever, you know, our, our background, our cultures are going to shape what we believe is going to make us happy, but we are going after the same thing and just being able to talk to other people and seeing how they approach this um, and seeing what works for you and what doesn't. Um, it's just incredible. So for me, um, I don't regret any of it. I've doubted it. Yes, of course, I think it's normal, um, but I don't regret it. And, and I know that, you know, it's felt right. And every time I followed that little flame that, you know, my intuition that says this is the thing and it gives me clarity somehow on a vision of what is going to happen if I follow this thing that feels right to me, I, I have uh, I have succeeded and I have made it possible. And so I go all in on that. You got you to gotta, you gotta believe in your skills. You're going to believe that when you jump, things are going to work out. And, you know, you don't need to worry about step 75. Like when I moved to Austria, I, yeah, the plan was to be four years, but I only had one year to figure out. And then I figure, okay, once I'm there, I will figure out the rest. Like I will be able to see what's around the corner. I cannot see it from now. So the only way is to get to that corner so that you can see what's yeah. ahead. And yeah, so, yeah, but it sounds like you stayed true to your um, expat roots and that you mm -hmm. expanded your expat network all over the globe and um, into different countries as well. That's, that's really beautiful to hear. Funny, look at this. Uh, a, a close friend of mine, Italian, who I met in my student dorm my first, first semester. He, he was there in exchange. Eventually, he moved back to Vienna. He right now just went to Uzbekistan. And I connected him with a person from Uzbekistan that I met in Norway who's living in Tashkent. And now, last, yesterday, they sent me a picture that they were having dinner together. You know? <laughs> That's so it's beautiful. like, <laughs> like, and, and it's just like, like well, I have, that's all I can tell you, you know? Yeah, no, the world is a funny place and also beautiful that like you're such a connector to people. Um, mm. But that also means you build a strong network. And um, I'm curious now, um, through all your journey and your hardships, um, what helped you the most or who helped you the most? I'm sure you had help at some point, but who ended up being those pillars um, that you relied on? Uh, there, so I think, uh, I mean, well, so from high school, my, my best friend's mom, she, she really, 
supported me and guided me and she took me under her wing like like another son my family was in the u.s i was living with my grandparents so forget about discipline forget about anything like i used to go home once a week and uh, the majority of my time was spent at my best friend's place and his mom became like a mom to me and she really supported me and guided me and 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 was there along the way and so that i think that that was really uh uh a big thing then when i when i moved to the us it was it was really a struggle because we don't think about this but i moved there with my family my parents of course they also have culture shock but nobody knows about these things and so they're going through their own journey and then i'm there as a teenager you know how can they support me like we don't know these things exist so it was really challenging for me um and so i had one goal and it was to get off the small town and move to to the city um we had some connections i managed to get a scholarship otherwise i wouldn't have been able to afford that i moved to atlanta and i started class uh university there but you know two years in i i was so frustrated i i, I was really struggling i I was angry. I, I was angry at my parents. I, I was frustrated with university. I didn't want to be there. And it got to the point where I actually lost my scholarship. This is in 2006. I lost my scholarship. My parents are like, what the hell are we going to do? You know, like, how are we going to pay for your tuition, all these things? And I didn't have a way to explain it. Um, you know, at first I thought it was a problem with the small town. Then I moved to Atlanta and I, I just didn't like it there. I see all my friends at home enjoying life back in Venezuela university. And so I had planned a trip to California and in California, I, I went with two friends and I met a guy that I knew from, from school. Like I know this guy since first grade, we went to the same school, uh, he's living there. And I see the life that he's living. He's in Santa Barbara, like college town by the sea. It was just so cool. I was like, this is the place. Like, I, I, this is where I need to move. You know, the problem is in Atlanta. I need to move here. This is where it's happening. But I remember uh, I was sitting there at the beach and I started looking into my life. This is, I'm 19 years old. And I started looking into my life and I see that I'm struggling with my parents. I'm struggling with university. I'm struggling to connect and really build strong friendships. I'm struggling to, to date, to find a girlfriend. I'm, like I started seeing all these things around me and suddenly I realized that the only thing in common between all that was me. It couldn't be that all these different things were problems on their own. Like the only thing in common was me. And that's when it hit me that actually I had the power to do something. I, I had the power to see things differently. That's what I love about mindset, that all it takes is, is one realization, one sentence, one idea, one thought, one word to completely change your life 180 degrees. I came back to Atlanta. I got my scholarship back. I felt so engaged. I actually started dating a girl. That's, that's the girl that later like guided me to move to Vienna. Um, I got so many things, you know, my life wasn't that bad, but I just was so focusing on the negative. You know, it's something you show like all the bad things tend to happen at the same time. And it's simply because our, our vision shifts and then we just start seeing the negative side of everything. And we just feel like one thing after the other and the other and the other. But I come back, I actually, my birthday is in September. Um, I threw a party. I had like 30 people in my apartment, you know, and I just felt so lonely though. But that party changed things for me because it was Tuesday night and around 2.30 in the morning, uh, the police showed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, it was my place. And I had drank alcohol and obviously there were other minors that were drinking alcohol. So I remember the police, uh, they separated us under, so those that are under 21, we did breathalyzer tests and um, yeah, I got a citation to go to court. I didn't get arrested. They just said, you know, just go to sleep. It's your house. Um, but here's a citation. You get appointed a court date. You need to go there. Uh, yeah, it was not easy to tell my parents, especially after, you know, earlier that night, my dad had told me to not do a party and not to be careful because we're in a country where it's not where we're from. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stressful. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Um, I mean, I remember Sounds telling good, him, yeah. uh, he just looked at me 
And in his face, he was like, you damn idiot. You know, but he, <laughs> just didn't, he didn't say anything, he just walked away. Like I, I first told my mom in the morning as I, because I, they used to live in this small town. And so I, I used to go on the weekends to visit them. And I told my mom in the morning, like, mom, I got a, I, I got a ticket. Like I got a citation. It's like, what? On the highway? You were speeding on the way here? It's like, no, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told her, she's like, oh my God. Like, did you tell your dad? I'm like, no. Mm, okay. <laughs> so it took me the whole day, but I told him, um, just walk away. Uh, later, he came back and asked me, like, who else was involved? Like, who else got this? There was a friend also from my town that she was there at the party. And um, he actually contacted her parents. And then they told him that they had hired a lawyer to help her out. So he hired the same lawyer to go on my behalf. So I didn't have to show up at court. The lawyer did. And then I got sentenced to... 40 hours community service, I think it was. Um, then I had three psychological evaluations, no, three drug tests, a psychological evaluation for alcohol addiction and um, DUI, like driving under the influence school. And this thing really changed my life. So these, like, these elements, a couple of things are happening. I realized it's my attitude that is the problem here. I decide to turn things around. I go back. Um, I, and so now I'm motivated. On the one side, I have that. Then I start dating this, this girl that was super driven. She was there with the scholarship. She had been training to go to the Olympics. She became president of the student associations, uh, international student association. And she started putting ideas in my mind. Like she started asking questions like, do you have goals? Do you want to do something? Like at the time I was just surviving, you know, I was just living day by day. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to be there. So now it's just when I start changing things around. And then this whole thing with the police was things that now I have to do community service. I have to figure out a way. And I started doing community service at the university by getting involved with different projects and different organizations. Um, all these things started to make me discover international like organizations. I started getting more involved. I started getting more connected. Um, I start integrating more, I guess, and I start getting more connected with, with the university. I start meeting more people. Um, I start doing better in grades. I got recognized by the dean on my grades a couple of times. It allowed me to pull my GPA um, as I got my scholarship back. And so these things, they really made me get organized. And then finally, the whole thing was once I switched my, my, my visa to student visa, I could work. And so now I had to fill my time and I had to get organized in everything that I was doing. I started working at the university. I was working out. I had the classes and so on. I had to learn to manage, but it's like really changed things from there. And it the last three years were completely different to the first three, to the point where, okay, I felt that I, I achieved what I was going to get here. And that thing inside of me started saying, you need to go to Europe. Your place is there. This is what you, were you, what you were supposed to do here. If you stay here, this is the path. You're going to buy a house. You're going to settle in. This is how things look like. You need to go to Europe. And, and so I started getting ready for, for that journey, researching um, and looking into where possibly I could <laughs> land. Yeah. And but that, those things are big changes. These are big, big drivers that really... Uh, <clears throat> these are big drivers that allow me to to get it organized to make that that journey into moving to Austria. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it sounds like it was mainly the mindset ch uh, change that helped 100 set off the ripple effect on moving to Europe, changing a life around, um, seeing where you're now and how you changed from. <laughs> seeing Santa Barbara and just wanting to be there instead of changing your changing yourself first um, is a huge huge thing especially at 19 I think um, I think that's a lot of a lot of people in their 20s in general let alone people who move around and become experts and having to build their own build their own communities and really choose the people they want to be with and really make conscious decisions on what they want to do in life and where they want to go. 
But yeah, that um, I think also leads us already to the next question. So um, what's your goal and mission now? Um, have you achieved everything you wanted to do in Austria? And are you happy? Are you um, where you want to go? And what drives you now? So I'm, st I'm feeling like I'm reaching that crossroad again. Uh, I'm in a very different place, though. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a wife. I have two kids. And she's from Bulgaria. And so we live in Vienna. And we're thinking, what's, what's next, right? Like, where, where do we go from here? Um, we've been there for over 10 years. And, you know, I think that we get used to it, to this thing of, of starting over and so on. But I, I am at a place where I don't want to start from scratch again. It was really, really tough to move to Austria. So for me, US was the big takeaway was this mindset, understanding that it's, your, it's all within you and it's all about perspective and how you see things where the only thing in common between everything around you is you. And you have the power of you and you cannot take things personally. People are going to do whatever it is that they want to do. And you only have control over your actions. That's the only thing. All you can do is influence others, but that's it. Austria was about believing in myself and believing that I'm able to take the jump and figure out my way as I go through it. And so believing that I'm going to put everything I can and, and something is going to come out. Something is going to work out. Um, because I would dedicate to putting things together. Now, obviously, with time, you become more efficient. You can work all day and achieve nothing. Um, but yes, I, I can confirm yeah. this happens, yes. <laughs> you can be very busy for years and achieve nothing, uh, but it feels like you're doing progress. And so constantly, uh, it's a bit of like that going back into like, is what I'm doing really what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this really the thing I need to be doing right now? Um, it's not about, I can do that. I don't have the resources. It's more like, how can I find them? And what is the closest path to getting to them? What is the one thing that I can do that is going to yield the biggest results? And so I feel that in Austria, uh, I've been self-employed for a while. I feel that, um, I feel that my time there, it's coming sort of to an end. I feel like, uh, it's time maybe to, to look into what is the next journey. So. Um, now I'm going to be 37 this year. And for me, yeah, the twenties, uh, was a lot about exploring who I am and who I like, what is out there? What are the opportunities? And the early thirties have been about like, okay, how do, how do we build something out of that, out of that experience? How we, how we make something useful and tangible. And I feel like now the next season, it's all about okay, I figure out what I want to do. I figure out who I want to help. I figure out how I want to make that happen. My vision is clear. Now it's all about building that. It's, and, and I know that the next stage requires is, it's, it doesn't require experimentation. It requires consistency, perseverance and consistency. It's time to build uh, on that vision that I have. And so the question comes is, okay, well, does, does it mean, does the new season require me to be somewhere else? Uh, because now we're building our own family, our, our young son is now going to be two years old. I've been alone for so long. Like my family's in the U.S., I have family in Spain, and I don't want my kids not to be close to family. Um, I, funny enough, that last year of, of living in Venezuela with my grandparents, it actually allowed me to get to know them in a way that none of my cousins and had. Um, the stories, having dinner together, uh, like the things that we shared and the experiences is something that none of them have, not even my sister had that. And the idea of my kids growing up already without that, like getting to see their grandparents, you know, every now and then when we travel and so on, I don't know. It's just something that I, I don't, I don't like. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I think that there is a possibility maybe to start now spending more time in Bulgaria so that they can grow close to the family, being together. They, all her family is here. They're very close. And, and it's really, really beautiful. 
for me the first time I came was during Easter. And I don't know if the Balkans are the Latinos of Europe or we <laughs> are the Balkans of the Americas. But the culture is very similar. I literally felt like when I came for Easter, I, I they had this big, you know, 30 people lunch at her granny with the, with the sheep, you know, the whole thing. And I literally felt like I arrived at my grandmother's house. <laughs> that sounds and, beautiful. Yeah, for me, that sealed the deal. <laughs> like I was so eager to come here and, and to see where she's coming from because I believe that you don't only marry the person, you also marry the family and the culture, especially in a multinational uh, relationship. You need to uh, be aware that if you don't do, like if you don't marry those things too, you're gonna struggle, I believe. Like, I don't know, people have different situations, that's my perspective. Um, and I truly believe that, especially um, I see, I see other people who didn't do that and I see how much they struggle with the culture of the other person, with the family of the other person and so on. And so I think that we need to embrace that and, and do it. I mean, funny enough, we got married. I'm Catholic. She's Orthodox. We got married Orthodox. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was easier for us to get married in the Orthodox church than in the Catholic church. So we did an Orthodox wedding here and yeah, I think maybe it's part of embracing that. And so, yeah, I, 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 for me, family plays a big role. It doesn't matter how successful the businesses are. If I am alone, because it cost me everything else, it wasn't worth it. Um, and that for me is that something I understood with time is that, yeah, the business, we're going to have times where we need to be all in and so on. And you need to have a partner that supports you, not that, you know, makes it more challenging for you um, when it comes to growing a business. Um, because it's not your business. It's it's a family business. Every every entrepreneur needs to know that you're starting a family business. Like your partner is making sacrifices for you as well. And uh, uh, so that you can, everything we do requires a sacrifice. That's another thing I, I, I learned in the US that I was making a sacrifice to leave my culture, to leave my family, to leave my background. But then I started seeing how, you know, the fact that I got the scholarship and somebody else didn't, and now I wasn't appreciated. Somebody else made the sacrifice of not having that scholarship so I, I could have it. And now I was wasting that. Somebody, so many people would like to be in the US and have that education. And then I was throwing it away. And I took that chance, you know, it's like, I, I would imagine that you have only one class to graduate and it runs out of people. You, you cannot take it. Now you need to wait a whole semester. And then there's a bunch of people there that are not doing anything. You know, it's like sort of you're doing like, a, you know, we make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And I believe if we're going to make the sacrifice, we might as well make it be worth it. Otherwise, it makes no sense. And so everything I do, I try to make that um, the motto and I, I go 100% in. But for me, I know that that's where I draw the line. And so I'm not going to sacrifice everything I built, you know, for that business. For me, the business is a tool that gives me the resources, the time, the freedom of time, money, of, of place in order to live my life with them. And that's the ultimate goal. I don't like the idea of a lifestyle business. I don't think that that's possible. It's more about, okay, how can we set up systems that give value that, that makes us also proud and that it makes us, you know, um, proud to go out there and tell the world about what we do. Um, but at the same time, it's something that you need to put that little passion in your pocket and understand that it's a business that is about somebody else's problem, wanting to solve their problem. And it's about their story and what they want. And so, I think that that's what allows me to separate myself a bit from the business and understand, okay, this is a business and we're helping people and they're, they're growing and it's amazing. We have an impact, but then the ultimate goal here as well is that I like, if I'm not living from this, this business cannot exist and therefore we cannot help people. Mm -hmm. And so it should be able to provide and the priority is in the family because that's for me, I guess that's, that's the most important business that I started with my partner, I guess mm -hmm. to say like that. And so <laughs> I like to see it that we're a team, we're a team, of, we're a team of two. Now we're learning how to be a team of four uh, and how that's going to play it out. We'll see. And, 
and yeah, I I think uh, I hope I answer your question a, a bit on like yeah that, I, I those think news. It did. Um, I think it did, um, especially um, from our conversation. I can see how driven and passionate you are, and um, your the happiness you have in within yourself about the choices you've made, and that you learn from each one of them, kind of. Um, <laughs> gives you the spark in your eye which is really nice to see um I guess the last thing to say would be um what would you how can you help people starting out or how would you want to help people starting out is there anything you would tell them um tell your 19 year old self in the U.S. on what's to come or what you wish you would have known or um your wisdom that you have now to your nineteen-year-old mm -hmm. self, or anyone who's starting out, having the heart set on the US or Austria or wherever. The yes, so the one. So if it is the first time you move somewhere else, what you're gonna find out really fast is that you're leaving behind a huge, huge asset. Actually, the biggest asset that you're leaving behind is your network. Um, that's something that you're not going to have in the new place. You're starting from scratch. And so you need to find ways to build that network fast. Best for me, I, I recommend everybody get involved with events. So, you know, in every country you can find a startup scene. They tend to be super welcoming. And many times, if you don't speak the local language, these, these startup scenes um, tend to be in English. And so, uh, or they tend to be very international because they're, connecting with other startups and so on. And so I would recommend you to follow that path and try to join organizations, but be active, not just go to events and, and sit there in the audience, be part of the team that is organizing that event, because now you have a reason to approach everybody in that room. Otherwise, you're going to feel it's a bit strange. You're going to be a bit shy, but when you are part of the organizing team, it is sort of ownership. And if you manage somehow to be on the stage, then even better, because now you have, you're in a position of authority and, and expertise where you have even more access. That was so many times I've gone to sales calls where people have told me, no, I know who you are. Like I, you hosted this and that event and so on. And that immediately obviously gives me, gives me an advantage. So that really helped out. Join organizations like you like mountain biking find who else is there's for sure a facebook group for that i mean there's a facebook group for everything every city has an expat group you can look into every city had a startups in whatever place expats in whatever place um or then you can look by your nationality there is venezolanos in spanish in vienna there is latinos in Austria. You know, it's like there's always a Facebook group and that's where you can start. Normally, the easiest ones to connect with is your own nationality and then go from there. But build that network. And the next thing is, I would say, start sharing um, on social media. So whether you want to start a business or you, you want to work somewhere, chances are is that eventually you want to start a business, <laughs> from my experience. <laughs> So there are two ways I've seen here. One is you struggle so much that you don't want to struggle anymore. You need stability in your life really bad, and that's fine. You crave that. You, you don't want to have that risk, and so you want to build a career in a company. Or you don't have a problem with that, and you want to have your own business, and you, know, you feel that eventually you may move somewhere else. For me, the biggest learning point was I felt that working in a business actually is more risky. Why? Because any day you can get fired. And then what? You're on the street. What do you do from there? Something really funny happened when I was working in the US as I was preparing to move to Austria. The moment I managed to save enough money to live. So I think I had like four months left and I had enough money to live in the US without working those four months, which meant I didn't technically need to work anymore except to grow my savings. The moment that happened, I technically didn't need that job. It became, my relationship with that job became so different. It's so, so different. And many times what keeps us in that job is that idea that we need it. Uh, and the moment you save enough to realize that you don't need it, things change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, 
if you're good with your savings and you start, you know, it depends on your aspirations, but I think eventually uh, many people will find a path to entrepreneurship. And, and you know, start with what you know. Chances are is that your first business is not gonna work. I was making a list of all the stuff I've tried and ideas. I think I have about 20 something. I, I have like maybe 17 website domains. <laughs> so many Facebook pages and so on, like, yeah. And so, but it's, it's a journey, you know, and, and in the end, I, what I came to see is that the question is not if you're going to be successful. The question is, can you hold on long enough to see success? The majority of the people quit before they're able to find that success. And so be, be resilient, figure out ways, believe in yourself and your skills that you're going to figure it out. And one thing that really helped me was everything that you're doing, try to see what you can learn from it. I've seen that many people go into the jobs with some, some aspirations and some vision, but they don't go with a clear overview of what it is that they want to learn from that job. For me, when I, when I was in, our, in that organization that I joined in Austria was, I wanted to learn about public speaking. I wanted to learn about team leadership and I wanted to learn how to deliver trainings. That's it. And that's all I focus in. And I double down and that's where I put my focus on. So if you're in a job where you feel like you're in a dead end or you're not fulfilled, like think about what you can learn from there. And many times if you're frustrated, you'll be like, no, I cannot learn anything. Like this company is stupid and my boss is retarded. Remember? Negative uh, <laughs> mindset. Yeah, so There's always spirals, something that yeah. you can learn and you can take with you. And so that would be crucial because you're going to need that or later if you ever want to go into entrepreneurship. And so, yeah, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you're listening to this and you, and you want to move somewhere else, your skills, uh, you have a competitive advantage over other people. And, you know, you are at a disadvantage over the locals when you start a business because you don't have a network, but you have one thing that they don't have, and that is your background and your story and your ability to see things in a way that the locals cannot see because you have been exposed to other things that the locals haven't been exposed to. And so make that your competitive advantage. Um, for me, I, when I host events in Vienna, yeah, I could try to host events like other uh, local events are, or I can bring my Latin attitude, I can bring my, my experience in the US and make myself my own brand and myself unique. And people are gonna be connected to that. There's plenty enough of people who can do it as the local culture. And so mm -hmm. I make myself unique in that way. So think about the advantages that that experience has and, and then use that to your advantage. You know, communicate in a way where you can position yourself in your own category and then you know, you go from being a commodity to to being unique, an irresistible offer. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. So if people want to hear more about you, I will link your website in the show notes. And um, yeah, and if people want to learn more about you, um, your mission is pretty clear. You want to help people <laughs> that are expert entrepreneurs move out um, uh, into the world and become unique, as you just said, right? Exactly. So, so many times you move to a different place and you decide to go on your own um, and you're stuck there. If you want to grow, those are, um, I, can, I can help you immediately to scale that business so that you can go from technically having a job on your own to actually getting on the path to business ownership. And um, if you want to connect, yeah, LinkedIn, it's a great place or uh, you can go to skillsoflife.net um, to find out more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both of them will be linked. Thank you so much, Juan, for, for your time and sharing your wisdom. I feel a lot- Thanks for having me. I feel a lot wiser now, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing where things take from here. Same here. <laughs> <laughs>